Hey yo, welcome back to the High Kicks Podcast. We got a nice little special extra episode this week. Uh, we got Brendan Griffiths from the In the Eleven podcast with us. Brendan, how are you doing? I am good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We're really happy to have you on. Um, before we get into our whole footy conversation, you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about your show? Because I tried to do it last night. But I, I feel like coming from the host himself, it would be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, so as you mentioned, I hosted a podcast called In the Eleven with Brendan Griffiths. And it essentially started as in uh, 2020, I had just come back from a season uh, in Germany. And I was kind of like, ha- having a podcast was always something that I wanted to do because I felt like it'd be cool to kind of document what it's like playing in lower leagues and, you know, trying to grind it out kind of as a, as a professional. And I felt like that would be a story worth sharing with people. So it started as that. And then it has since kind of morphed into, I bring a lot of other people involved in football on, you know, a lot of other players I've been able to interview some coaches, some, you know, directors of programs, um, life coaches, all sorts of things, just kind of giving people a better insight of what it's like to, you know, play at a high level, to play at a professional level. So it's been, it's been amazing. Um, it's been really cool. Lots of cool, uh, guests and, and things planned for the year to come. So yeah, I would encourage anybody who wants to learn a little bit more about what it's like to, you know, play at a high level or even at a lower level. Um, it would be a good, a good shout to check out. So I couldn't agree more with that. He he puts out some very interesting episodes. I mean, I I'm a lifelong player, but not to that level. So there's a lot of interesting information out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, straight <laughs> yeah, up. I'm good at um, FIFA. So, before uh... we get into our whole <laughs> show, also Carl and I went to a field last year to go like kick a ball around. And my whole thing when I like go kick a ball with a friend, like uh, I expect yeah. them also to like be able to play a little bit. Carl can't kick yeah. a ball, like genuinely, <laughs> like at all. Like, no, nah. it, it was so, so funny. Yeah. So. Yeah, I never even played really? like. So where did your love in, like, for the game come or anything? From? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually through FIFA and my cousin was actually a massive fan. Uh, he was a fan of Napoli and then also Manchester United with, uh, Wayne Rooney. And then, um, I ended up getting into Bayern Munich because I really loved Robin and Ribery. And I found out that, okay. uh, my grandparents were That's from awesome. like that general area. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's, he's. <laughs> He's god awful, like I'm trash, god awful, so. <laughs> comically bad. Yeah, yeah. Carl's a music. Yeah, I don't know. He's not the are. most athletic of the bunch. Yeah. <laughs> really good at drums. Yeah, I'm good at playing so, drums. So <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit of, about some things. We're not really gonna talk about many games like we usually do tonight. Uh, we're gonna talk about our thoughts for the premier league player of the year, some underrated players in the premier league manager of the year. We skipped over the title race talk between me and Carl in our last episode. So we're going to run that down with Brendan tonight. I think that's going to be really interesting because Carl and I go back and forth on that kind of stuff a lot. And having a third voice is going to be really, really fun. 
And then the last thing we're going to talk about is the Champions League, even though there's one more round of 16 first stage of knockouts to be played while we're recording this. So we don't have everything to go off of, but there's still plenty to talk about. So our first topic of EPL player of the year. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are in terms of who you think the front runners are at the moment. Because I kind of think there's one and it's a little obvious, but also... I, I'm a Liverpool yeah. supporter. I imagine we're all about to say the same name. <laughs> I feel we're all going to say Mo. We're all going to say Mo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty simple. His season yeah. has been phenomenal. I'm looking at his stats right now, and I was going to say, just look at the stats. Like, you don't really need to see. Even just looking at the stats, not watching him play, because on the pitch, he is so good and so great off ball, which is just something that you don't really get to see through the stats. But just looking at that's the stats, exactly what we said last year, though, with Harry King, right now. and he didn't win it. So like Spurs wasn't as that's successful fair. as that's Liverpool fair. are right now, though. Like, I feel like team success also plays a lot into the awards, similar to, like, MVP awards and other sports. So I'm going to say that currently Mo Salah, with the amount that he has contributed to Liverpool this season, yeah. is yeah, I mean, by I think far the front runner. Even the second, you know, he's leading the league in goals right now. I think even second, he's, like, got, what, five or six goals difference between yep. second place. And, yep. and again, like you said, Carl, I think team success kind of – helps his case in this sense as well you know like like you were comparing to other leagues you know the russell westbrook's mvp seasons only happen ever so often and that takes that takes stats that are just out of this world and right now salah's on pace to have stats that are out of this world and his team you know has a legitimate shot to to win the title and if not you know very clearly will be in champions league so seems like a no-brainer but then again (laughs) what do i know Crazier things have happened. I genuinely yeah, thought it exactly. was going to be Harry Kane last year, given the numbers. Um, yeah, the numbers were all in his favor, but I feel like team yeah, success I've really diminished wondered, his value. Though, like, why does team success get rolled into an individual player award? Like, like if I agree. Because in, in terms of actual squad, like Spurs, and I kind of thought that made his numbers even as more good impressive. as other teams. Yeah, but they also inflate numbers a little bit, so I feel like that's something to try to take away from it. Even though, like his play on the pitch, like I'm not trying to say his numbers were actually inflated. He played amazing, but being on a worse side, people make the argument: Oh yeah, like your numbers are going to be inflated. Like James Harden when he was playing for the Rockets when no one else was there, like. He averaged a lot of points. Team success wasn't really there, but he was a superstar. Like Harry Kane is by far a superstar. You make a lot of basketball analogies. Honestly, yeah. He said the <laughs> Russell Westbrook yeah, I don't really reference, follow and I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm also really bad at it. So, so. Well, I think I think the team success point though, in in a game like football, like. It, it kind of, your stats are going to be inflated if your team has success, right? Like mm-hmm. Liverpool scoring the most, it, it's just, 
I think maybe using basketball was a bit of the wrong example for me to use because basketball is a sport where you can just go out and you can you can score individually, right? And and that's not really possible. You know, the, of those seventeen goals that Mo Salah yeah. has, sure, maybe some of them are unassisted, but you know, then you look at who's the the league leader in assists right now in the Prem, and it's Trent Alexander Arnold. So obviously, team success kind of begets that individual success as well. So I think that's where you get the coupling of why players that are on really successful teams then go on to have good stats and then therefore get the player of the year awards. I don't know. I think Harry Kane definitely had a case for it last year, but I just wonder if, you know, whoever the powers at VR that vote for this, they do play, play the factor of how did the team do a lot yeah. more than, than maybe when we look at it. Cause think about it. If Spurs made champions league, Will we be having this conversation? And there are really? two Player of the Year awards. I don't there's think so. the PFA, which is the Players Football Association, and then there's the other one, which is more voted on by journalists. But also, I mean, we're talking about offensive stats. Yeah. Ruben Diaz, who won the award last year, had some ridiculous defensive stats and back to the team performance. Um, that is fair too. It was City. I feel like. Um, in terms of this yep. year's city team, though, the defense is more spread out. Um, I'm really liking the overall defense over like specific players. Of course, Kinchella. Like, of course, he is disgusting this season. But I would take the overall team backline this season over just having Ruben Diaz. Because last season, I would have taken Ruben Diaz as probably the best center back in the world. <laughs> and that's a Man U fan, so that's Carl, where it sucks. Did you refer to them as city in that statement and not shitty? Did, did I did I notice that? <laughs> yeah, Brendan, yeah, in the I've been year and a half-ish we've done this show, Carl almost never says Man City. He calls them Man Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> we do predictions every week, and he just says Man Shitty. And it is... I actually write it as man shitty. Like, <laughs> it seems there, kind of like a contradiction if you're always right. picking them, <laughs> like, but you're calling them man shitty, but. <laughs> it, yeah. It's just salt from the past yeah, decade. It's, it's That's tough it. to have like... the tides turn on you like that. Yeah. So it seems like we're all kind of in yeah. some pretty solid agreement about the player of the year. When I was writing the topics, I didn't really think about that, that it's kind of clear this year yeah um i but yes, like sterling's really come out like in the second half of the season or the, this second half of the season and really started to show himself so i personally really liked his play bruno has been scoring sometimes no. with ronaldo i still don't think he's fully in the conversation but some people as man U fans may be very optimistic about that i you're optimistic but i honestly he plays think good sometimes. like um like, I, I think there's a couple. I think Trent yeah. could make a case just because he's not going to have the goal numbers, but being a right back with ten assists yeah. on pace to break the assist record for a defender again. I'm also wearing my Trent jersey right now. Yeah. If he breaks it again. Yeah. yeah. But. It, if he breaks it again, like there's definitely the, a chance that he could be thrown into that as well. But currently, I wouldn't say there's many defenders that I would say are like definitive enough uh, within their position to be 
like I thought Veron would be in this conversation, but like no. So like there there aren't many people who are in this conversation from defense, and then besides Trent, and then there's a couple yeah, attacking I options. Would, but there, I mean, I'm definitely going to agree that. with that because there was a Liverpool flag behind me. I'm wearing a Liverpool jersey, and it's Mo Salah. So there's bias, but there's also reason for it because he is just so good, so good. Yeah, I think it, I think. It, I think it would be interesting that All right, so we seem, it seems like there's two kind of clear front runners from Liverpool that could because I could definitely see the case to be made for Trent as well, but it's interesting that there doesn't seem to be you know maybe besides Sterling one you know just stand clear candidate from City this year you know the team that's at the top of the prem and a couple of weeks ago everyone thought that the title race was over obviously now it's as we're going to talk about later it's opened back up but yep. I think that's interesting. Um, I that think City like Liverpool has the two kind of leaders. City's team play is a lot more apparent this year instead of relying on any sort of like individual brilliance. They have plenty of individual brilliance, but they yeah. I don't know, it just seems like they're spreading the wealth around a little bit more. I feel like Rodri could be in the conversation for City as well as Sterling, but like that's yeah. just And like personal it's not bias, that Liverpool mostly. doesn't spread the wealth around because Jota is second in goals. Mane is tied for fourth in goals. Like the wealth is spread around, but mm-hmm. Mo is just so far and above everybody that it like yeah yeah. yeah. And you're second in the prem, so yeah. I, yeah. So we don't really on from talk about this the uh, the best players. Let's talk about some underrated guys that we have. I'm going to throw this one to Carl first. So, yeah, I was going to say, the first one I'm going to say is Prowse, uh, just because I've been big on Southampton the the past couple weeks, and they aren't letting me down at all. And his play has been amazing, just facilitating a lot within that midfield and just creating chances for his attack. I, I'm loving Southampton and I'm loving what he can do on the pitch. And also, um, I'm going to say Trippier, even though he's not underrated, but he just got into the Prem, so he's still making the transition. And personally, I didn't think he would be playing as good as he is. He is playing amazing, both attacking and defensively. So, geez, those are my two to start off and then yeah, I'll I think the Prowse, I the Prowse shout more. is definitely a good one. I think probably if you, you know, if you had to choose somebody from a set piece or a dead ball situation, he's probably at the top of your list um, or at least, you know, top three in the Premier League for who you're picking. Yeah. So that's definitely a good shout. Um, for me, I went with for just based on a couple times that I've seen him play. And I know he's, you know, been, around for for quite some time and has always been a pretty consistent performer but i actually chose uh cresswell from west ham that's a good shout that's a good uh, shout (laughs) thank you i appreciate it i think in the you know obviously in modern day football the fullback has become arguably one of the most important roles i think i just watch him and he's a player that just he has the ability to pick out passes that he can really just unlock defenses um, out of that position. 
last year, I didn't even yeah. realize this. He I think he finished the season with nine assists, which was like yep. top 10 in the league. And I was shocked to learn this, that do you know how many times he's been capped for the English national team in his whole career? He's 32 years old. Like three? He's been capped three oh. times. Oh my God, I got it. That was a straight up guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three Damn. times. And it, and I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I mean, wow. I know that England has been had, they've just been spoiled for choice at their right back position. And that's kind of then yep. maybe crept into why they just, they seem to bring like six yeah. right backs to every camp and then decide which right back is going to go play left back. But I'm like, how is this guy in, you know, probably the last 10 years that he's been a top level pro not gotten more chances with the national team? I don't know. But so that's, that's where, uh, that's where I went with the underrated side. Yeah, that that was that was a really good, it's a great really choice, good one. Honestly, so my my one, Carl and I haven't talked about this guy in quite a while. Carl, I'm not sure if you know where I'm going to go with this. We talked about him a good amount last season while his team was doing really well after promotion. No clue. Um, Ilya. Okay, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. So I'm a goalkeeper. I love, <laughs> obviously, watching goalkeepers. And Leeds is not good this year. But Melier is making class saves, consistent saves. He's just facing a lot of shots. And his eye test, for me, is, like, really what does it. Watching him, because he's really young, so he's going to make mistakes. But watching him command his box as like a tall skinny like frail looking kid i just feel like he's not talked enough about as a potential like future really 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 good goalkeeper and france in general like i think they have a gem on their hands with him i think leeds has a gem on their hands carl and i watched him a lot last season and talked about like his future his potential that was when leeds defense was a little bit better i feel like it hasn't hasn't come up as much this season because yeah. of I just haven't mentioned like Ailing and like the the defense on Leeds as yeah, much they this haven't season. It just has been really very underwhelming. Lived up to last season's spiel. A spiel Yeah. They have bright points in like Daniel James and Rafinha. Like those are two underrated players who are playing extremely well right yeah. now but Rafinha's is yeah. not underrated he's a top class player yeah another um, underrated that, like i didn't really think about but i don't really have too much to say on them is uh tomiyasu out of arsenal like i'm gonna be honest i didn't know who he was when they signed him i damn well know who he is now yeah like he has shirt up their right back position he is sure. fantastic wasn't my pick. I just wanted to throw that out there. I mentioned him last night when yeah. Carl and I were talking about Arsenal also. I I really think, Brendan, I think you knocked that out of the park, though. Like, absolutely. Man, I appreciate that. <laughs> there were points when we well, were talking. I about... think under, I think underrated <laughs> is a, it's a difficult thing to kind of capture. Um, yeah. Just because of the way, like the way that, especially the Premier League yeah. is covered. And, you know, the way that players are scouted and and just anything that they do well or not well it's put somewhere on social media so it's very hard for players to kind of go under the radar anymore 
Um, but it, it is an interesting thing to think about because then I think it's just kind of you have yeah. to go to, all right, well, who is who is receiving the most praise and who are the guys that you think aren't getting enough praise is, is yep. more the way to look at it versus like guys who really, truly fly under the radar. Yeah. And there were points, especially last season, yeah. like where Cresswell was leading the league in chances created. Um, so, yeah, I just didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Hit it. I got one more from the goalkeeper position, uh, and it's because of Wolves' He's current ridiculous position. Saw. He's ridiculous. Jeez, he has been playing well, and I have not yeah, been hearing he's, it. I haven't been hearing enough about him. I so. wasn't really sure where he's they were going to go after losing Ruby Patricio. They made a fantastic sign. Yeah, with Jose who Sal. I thought was a great keeper. Like he is, he is really, yes. really good. Yeah, and that Wolves defense isn't anything spectacular. So the fact that he uh. Looking at stats alone, he's fourth in the prem with nine clean sheets. He's playing well. He's playing extremely well. Yeah. Do we want to slide into our manager of the year discussion? Or Brendan, do you have another underrated player to talk about? No, I don't I don't think I have enough I mean, a name that popped into my mind just because I was watching some of the highlights and, and I've seen some clips pop up of him recently when you mentioned Wolves, uh, Carl was just, and I don't know if he's necessarily falls in the category of underrated because he's starting to become more well-known. It's just potence is crazy fun to watch. He's so much like, fun to watch with, with the ball, his uh, feet. And, and he was kind yeah. of another one. Um, for me, I, I had never really heard of him before. kind of just burst onto the scene this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I not really much else to say besides he's just a fun one to watch. <laughs> yeah, he his issue initially yeah, was exactly. that his finishing was a little bit lackluster. If he shares if he shares that up, mm-hmm. he's dangerous. Yeah. He's got really, really good dribbling skills. He keeps the ball at yeah. his feet. He's good with passing. He's good with off ball movement. It's quick as all hell. He's quick. Yes. Like his um off of like a yes. sprint, off of a stop sprint. Yes. He is Wolves are very like quick. Really exciting. Honestly. I enjoy watching them a lot. Yeah. Manager but of the year. I think we should start moving so, into manager of the year. Well, well, I think our manager of the year is gonna end up being probably Potentially, not probably, but potentially Klopp or Pep, depending on how this title race plays out. I just want to throw a shout to Michael Arteta. Because <laughs> oh, I was gonna they say have Arteta one of the youngest squads choice. in the Prem. And it's Arsenal. So there's that involved also, like building that squad back up to what they need to be. And... That's the main thing. You have to take what happened last season too. I feel like, and the team success yeah. from this season I mean, compared I, to last season. Because I'm me, I, I want it to be Klopp. I do think if they turn the title race around and they end up lifting the trophy, I think it'll end up going to him. Because 
being 12 points down on City at one point, I don't care if you have two games in hand. If you look at the table and see a 12-point gap between you and Manchester City, you think it's over. And now they have it six and potentially within three if they get their game in hand. So I think if they turn it around, I do think Klopp can win the award. Klopp is probably my pick to win the award because I'm delusional and I think Liverpool are going to win the title. (laughs) So (laughs) I just I just wanted to give Arteta a little bit of a shout because I feel like he. I was also going to make a joke about Everton's managers because they suck and I like that they suck, but. Uh, So, Carl, I'm sorry I kind of stole yeah, I'm sorry I stole your thing with Arteta, but if you want to elaborate, yeah, there's no fun in go that. For it. I'm you said enough. Like it's a young team; they are outperforming what they were expected to do. In my opinion, I did not expect them to be in their current position. They are still on the rise this season. In my opinion, they can only get better and progress more as a team. Uh, Lacazette is acting perfect as sort of a veteran striker presence. I'm loving everything that I see from the veterans, even to the youngest players on the side. And the system's just working. It, it They seem happy playing. Everything's working well. I, I personally really enjoy the football that I'm watching. So I would give it to Arteta right now. Of course, Pep and Klopp are always in that conversation. But I'm just doing it based off of where Arsenal were last year primarily because the success from last year, even though like at the end of the season they had that run and still were able to finish off in a decent position, at the beginning yeah. of the season we were making all the Arsenal jokes. So the fact that they made this progress and we started off making the Arsenal jokes because of the Brentford loss and yeah. everything, they have shown a lot. I Arteta's in the conversation. I think to Arteta definitely deserves to be in this conversation. And I even think for the other reason of, I would say probably besides Chelsea, Arsenal is the one job where it's like, if you lose a game, people want your head. Yep. Um, And I think really the only other place where I feel that that's the case is probably Chelsea. Uh, They're the, just the two clubs that are just, the first thing that all the fans do as soon as there's a bit of a poor form, it's sack the manager. So I think for Arteta to be able to do what he's done in that sort of cauldron that he's been put in, especially with a super young team, is definitely commendable. Um, obviously, if we, as we've laid out here, I think you know if you want to put safe money down, probably go with Pep. Yep. If Klopp is able to come back and win the title, I yep. think it, it should pretty much hands down go to him. Um, but I'm going to go a little bit of a different route here. And I want to see if I'm you're going where I think say, you're going. <laughs> I just want to see if I I'm actually go. I'm going to say David Moyes. That was who I was going to throw out next. When Carl and I had this conversation last year, I was pushing for David Moyes hard because yeah, he doesn't have the squad that everybody I, does. And yeah. Yeah, he gets I, I the think he gets. last year would have been really the argument for it because, you know, of what he had done from 2019 and, and 2020 season, you know, up until last season. Obviously, they finished sixth last year and currently they're in fifth, just outside of Champions League contention. Mm-hmm. They've managed to sign some pretty big players. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think I heard something interesting at one point. It, well, it was when United had sacked Ole, and then somebody was like, somebody had said if David Moyes hadn't already been the Manchester United manager at one point, he would be the one that would be getting this job right now. Oh, and I was I, like, I, I that's think so. that's so true. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Wasn't he like handpicked by Fergie to replace him? Was he the one right after yeah, Fergie? Yeah. Um. I really. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Honestly, like worst worst position to, to I go would, into. I, mean, I would that's never like, that's like doing ever want to follow like, him. Go after Chappelle or something like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would never pick that. <laughs> When you mentioned that Chelsea thing about Never. like if they lose a match or their form dips, people Ugh. want their head. I was reading earlier, like in this year, like around January ish, that like early January, there were apparently calls for Tuckle to get sacked from people just because they weren't playing well. Like another club I think I would throw into that is actually Manchester United. Yeah. I, r- I really think so. Carl, you good? <laughs> what do you mean you disagree? No. You're, you're <laughs> I, I fans. Whenever something <laughs> starts to like hit the rocker, they always call for the manager's head. I've already seen Ragnick out everywhere. Oh no, 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 no! Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, we always go for like the manager's head. But like, in I thought you were just talking about putting uh, Ragnarok in uh, the no. conversation well, for. Uh, uh, I feel like you have to be there the for the. I, I feel like you have to be that. there for the so whole season. I, I, I made a very straight face and was like, no. But also, no. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, also, to be fair, you his are success. No. In fourth. No. You have been moving up the table since he's become your manager, but, but no, I, I really kind of think yeah, of course. the four that we talked but about no. are the four that have any shot. Although the only thing I'll say is if Spurs can somehow yeah. go from eighth and get into champions league play, Conte has a case, but that is, that is the biggest if in the world because it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough plan. I feel like Kane would have more of a like <laughs> argument for player of the year <laughs> in that situation. It's really, All really right, exciting. Let's get into the title race. It's back it's on. Exciting. I I was sitting in bed this weekend watching games, watching Spurs City. I saw, or actually I was watching a different game and then I'm tracking Spurs City on my phone. I see that Spurs are winning and Val, our social media guy who we are in contact with all the time, was texting us and he was like, oh, Harry Kane just scored. It's 3-1. This game's going to be put to bed. And then he was like, oh, spoke too soon. And then it was 2-2 with the penalty late. And I was like, no, no. And then the header. Thank you, Harry Kane. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He really, really, really did because there were points this season where this title race as a Liverpool supporter, I was like, it's over. I was telling Carl and telling our listeners that I didn't think it was over. I thought it was over just for the content. I said it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be the uh, city halfway push because at the halfway mark in the season, 
looking at City, them clear, I'm pretty sure they were clear like 12 points. I was like, okay, yeah, they're just going to put on another uh, like 12 and then we aren't going to be talking about this. They're just going to win every single game. It's going to be stupid. But no, it, it's not. I this have been reading things all day about Klopp being like race. he's happy to be a pain in the ass for City. He's happy to be annoying them. He loves it. The mind games between the two of them are so much fun. <laughs> Brennan, how do you think this is going to play out? Oh, man. By the way, that Spurs City game was incredible. Oh, my watch. God. It was um, awesome. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah. I think... And I think, too, I don't think I wonder if people understand genuinely. Sure, it's it's very hard to do what City does. Don't get me wrong. And and, and to be able to keep the ball the way that they did and, and manufacture the chances that they did, it takes a supreme level of technical and tactical ability. But also to do what Spurs did to essentially just <laughs> work your balls off for 90 minutes and get maybe a handful of chances and be and able to convert take them. them. Yep. Yeah. And convert them is so hard as well. Like, yeah, for Kane to do the amount of running that he had to do and then to be yeah. able to pick up the ball in the spots that he did, he has to be perfect with the balls that he's playing in behind and, and getting on the end of. So I think that's just as that's just as hard because, you know, I, I, as a player, I can tell you that when you're just running and you're chasing shadows for 90 minutes and then all of a sudden you finally get the ball at your feet, it's very easy to just try and play a simple pass and and you can't even do it because your legs stop working so uh, much credit to to spurs to be able to do what they did um in terms of how it's going to play out man i i think it's it's just hard for me and i know obviously we have a a liverpool fan with us here but it's hard hard for for me me to believe it too it's hard for me to think it'll happen also (laughs) it really is because i just you see City slip up here and there, but you don't really see it happen consistently. Yep. And like the way that Pep is just maniacal in his preparation, I don't foresee them slipping up in a in a catastrophic way, which is what would be required for them to kind of to let this title race go. Um, the quality that they have, you know, even in that game, as we were yep. mentioning, once that game went to two two, I was like, oh, okay, City's gonna win because they just That's have this demeanor too. about them. Yeah, they, they have this demeanor about yeah. them where they never seem to get rushed. They never seem to get sped up. Nope. They just play and they continue to just pound away with chance oh, after chance after chance. And it almost becomes this idea of just like, not if the goal is going to come, but just when. So, um, I don't know. I, I think yeah, exactly. Liverpool can definitely make a run at it with the attacking power that they have. The front three is phenomenal. Trent whipping balls in the box, but... Yeah. Just as a well-oiled machine, I think City is its going to be really tough for Liverpool to be able to do it. I think this whole title race comes down to April 9th because they have another match against each other. And let's say the point differential is still where it is right now and then Liverpool wins that match. It kind of comes down to a race to the finish either in goal differential or in whatever, if it comes down to goal differential, I also feel like I have to take City because I think they have the ability to just score at will and blow as many goals as possible by lesser sides. Yeah. I need, I guess I need Liverpool to beat City and then I need City to stumble again. 
Bro, you need City to be playing anyone in the Champions League over the past couple years when they just, like, randomly choked for no reason when they have an obviously they better side. But uh, this year they're sporting. looking good, so I don't know about that. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're looking... It's sporting, Um, so in terms of, like, prem competition, like, I would say they're Okay, but if City probably put up five like wolves. on Wolves, I think we would um, be, like... Yeah, if it was 5-0, we'd still be sort of freaking out because Wolves are playing yeah. damn well. Um, yeah, so I'm not trying to diminish it, but, like, I, I, I want to see City them against... I to play Spurs like, again, even though the they're Bayern not gonna. Unics, the PSGs. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> well, you need City to play no, any prem team they, they <laughs> because have, for City some reason they choke. Three er, matches no, this season? that's not City. Well, what, what's the one that uh, chokes against every prem team? Is that Chelsea? No, 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 because Chelsea is... Uh, any team in London gets get bopped, bopped on by Bayern. Bayern. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Yeah, that's what it is, but... Um, what team gets clapped by prem teams? There's someone in this in this Champions League. I'll look it up. I'm very confused as to looking at City's um, Premier League schedule this season. Uh, their other loss is to Palace. They've lost to Spurs. That was, a, that was away to Palace, right? No, it was at home. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Huh. Which really threw me off. I was like scrolling down and I saw a two nil in the in like for Crystal Palace and I was like, oh, oh wow, wait, no, that says two nil Palace. So maybe they could do it to them again. I don't know. I just I need City to stumble because I'm sick and tired of the same team winning every single year in any league. Yeah. We're gonna say that when Newcastle wins in a couple yeah. Of years. Yeah. We want to slide into the biggest competition out there. Champions League? Yeah. <laughs> you guess I, what? I, I guess. I guess. Because <laughs> I'm not optimistic yeah, about tomorrow. I, but we'll start with the matches for tomorrow. I wouldn't be very optimistic if I were you either, Carl. <sighs> Although, Atletico's also kind of been off form this season. No. They're not really playing too well. They're sitting around where United is in the league. They're like... they're. They're, but they're just outside of the top four. Yeah. I think it could be a good match. I think United Atletico will be a better match than Ajax and Benfica. Because I think Ajax is going to steamroll I agree, Benfica. but I'm not. Yeah. If Ajax plays to their potential, yeah. Brandon, have you yeah. caught... Oh, go ahead. Uh, this Ajax side... Oh, sorry. Uh, this Ajax side gives yeah, me flashes. Uh, just of just the to roast Carl real quick. The ago. first time he said that, um, he said the Ajax of old. And I was like, are you talking yeah. about the Ajax of our sophomore year of college like three yeah. years ago? No. That is not the <laughs> Ajax of old. Yeah, especially because uh, no one on that Ajax team, even though everyone's gone. Not everyone's gone. Yeah. No one has really reached their like full prime yet. Most of them so are gone. It, but a lot of people are gone, though. Tadic is still there. Yeah, mo most of the bigger talents Baller. are gone. Baller. He's crazy good. Baller. I almost bought a uh, Bob Marley Ajax yeah. shirt with his name on the back. 
Yeah. That's sick. I did not. It really was. It was a great it really uh, was. collaboration. So, Brennan, have you got a chance to watch UCL since it's come back? Or have you been busy with like coaching and Yeah, I do my best I do my best to catch it when I can. Um I got to watch last week. Um I got to watch PSG Madrid. Um I got to catch game. a little bit today. Yeah, I mean as we mentioned before, obviously as we we're talking about City in the title race, we mentioned that City just I think they put themselves in a pretty good spot because they went away to sporting and did that to them. Yep. So now they Although, can honestly probably have a little bit of flexibility with what they want to do with their lineup that they yeah. put out yep. for the second leg. Um, Although the away goal rule is gone. but True. Yes. I think I just, yeah. Which, but, uh, which I, I don't know if we want to talk about that, but for some people it's like... I'm definitely down to out. talk about it. I, I actually... So my whole thought on the away goal rule was I'm I thought it was personally. a fair play to keep. <laughs> I just thought that if the second game, the second leg was tied and you went into extra time, like after the 90, I felt like any goal that got scored in extra time shouldn't count as an away goal. It should just be a goal. Because if you're the away team in that second match and you go into extra time, yeah. you have an extra 30 minutes that the other team didn't have to pull an away goal. Yeah. So like, I feel like if you hit extra time, you're tied on aggregate going into extra time. I feel like they should have wiped the aggregate or should have wiped the aggregate and it should have just been whoever was winning at the end of extra time because mm-hmm. or just get rid of the away goal yeah. rule altogether. But which is what they did. Which is what they did. So, yeah, personally, I agree with what you said, Brian. Um, I think that would have been a good way to implement it, but I think this was just an easier implementation of that yeah. exact rule. So they yeah. were Where just like, screw it. Where does it stem from? Like this, this desire to oust that rule. Was there that much pushback against it? Um, I think part of it was, I mean, as a Liverpool supporter, my whole theory about the extra time thing, I came up with it after the Atletico um, Liverpool second leg in 2020, right before the COVID shutdown. Because Atletico got like a late equalizer, they sent it to extra time, and then they scored, and then Liverpool needed to score two, or else they mm-hmm. were eliminated. So that kind of got yeah. me thinking on the whole like once you hit extra time, wipe it. But I think also with like the f- migration of fans now, with how much easier it is to go watch your team play anywhere they are, I think UEFA was just like it's not as it's not as much of the same as you're scoring strictly in front of the other supporters where they have full control over the environment. That's something that I could maybe think about why they did it. I don't know. I always thought it was an interesting rule that a goal scored away counted for more than a goal scored at home. But yeah, I never really second guessed it because it's football and that's just how the sport was. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was a kind of interesting yeah. rule that just added a little something extra to Champions League. Yep. Like, you know, even watch, I remember watching like the City documentary and, and in the early rounds of Champions League. And I don't even, it's what didn't get to the knockout stage, but you just, I think they went and played like Red Star Belgrade or something. 
and they're like walking out of the tunnel and the atmosphere is just unreal. And you have all these Serbians that are, that are screaming at you. Um, I think, I think away, I think home and away still does matter in champions league. I do too. Um, but I don't necessarily think that Oh yeah, this rule really like heart hurts that or, or harms the product in any way. So I don't know. Just interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's an overall interesting change. I think it didn't really need to happen, but I think it's a good change. I think um, it'll yeah. just make things less think... controversial in terms of like some decisions because there are some controversy yep, in the that past was with, like um, that Spurs Ajax, I'm yeah. pretty sure, um, and other situations like that. Yeah, like personally, I would have liked to I see straight Ajax up, I win straight it up because I was Ajax rooting for them that year. But in the UCL final, based on how that final went, I think Ajax would have lifted the trophy that season. So thank you, Lucas Mora. But <laughs> <laughs> so actually during that game, um, Carl and I were just a little story, Brendan. Carl and I were driving down to this house that I'm sitting in right now to drop off my mini fridge with my roommate for the following year. And he's a Spurs mm. supporter. So he has the game on. We're watching. And he's just like, oh, no, it's over. It was such a good Champions League run. And I have never seen him flip out yeah. like that at football. It, <laughs> it was it, <laughs> like. It was a genuine. It was a like, very genuine. Like, yeah, like pure emotion, pure out. joy, I'm... pure shock, like <laughs> euphoria in every sense of the word coming from him. It was and the funniest thing. The only team he oh, likes yeah. is Spurs. Yeah. So you got to feel bad. He for doesn't him. really That's even... Champions League can do to you, though. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. So back into the other matches, just so we can talk about them yeah. a little bit. PSG Real yeah. was fantastic. I have class on Tuesdays from like one ten to like five fifteen, so I have to like sneakily watch on my laptop while I'm in class. And yes, I'm snitching yep. on myself right now, but <laughs> we've all been there. Definitely, it was totally worth it. There was just something special, I think, about watching Kylian Mbappe score that late winner against Madrid with all the speculation, with all the whatever, yeah. with all the everything. I do think City right now are probably the front runners, just given the way that they battered sporting. Yeah, but also I would say that PSG have an argument in that just because of how dominant they played. Um, Bayern drew they, against Salzburg, they, yeah, and that late, was late very equalizer. interesting. They were able to pull a legal, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but like the yep. entire game, they were not playing a confident fired side. I, I'm i not 100% sure Liverpool what happened to them. Interesting and game Liverpool against played Inter, a actually. good game against so Inter. They not were not lie. very much on the offensive or on the front foot for most of the match. They were defending for a lot of it. They were basically stopping all of Inter's chances. I mean, obviously it was 2-0. And then Liverpool got their chances and they finished them. So, like, if I'm Inter, and everything I've read says this from the Inter players, 
they were not necessarily upset with that. They played their match. They had their chances. They just didn't convert them. And Liverpool are just a super clinical, super everything kind of side. Yeah, I don't want to like poop on Inter, but I I personally think Liverpool played a good match because of how clinical they were and because of the way that the defense was able to click. I personally enjoyed watching that because most of the time it's it's not the kind of Liverpool Inter played very well tactically. Um but Liverpool just has a front three where they're so dynamic, they're so creative that really at, at any given point they can, you know, they can create magic kind of out of thin air, and yep. and that's sort of what they did. So yep. Liverpool is one of those teams where they you, they're always just a threat to score, where you didn't quite always feel that with Inter at times, like the the moment where uh, Martinez picks the ball up and runs at. Van Dyke. And I was about to just, say that. Like, mm, just kidding. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. you, that, that was just kind of the what you felt from Inter. It was like, <laughs> tactically, they've done really well here, but do they have enough to to be able to put something yeah. in the back in that? Didn't seem yeah. like it. it. It never felt like they could actually overwhelm the back at Liverpool. And that's like one of the main things that we can see City PSG potentially do. So... Not trying to knock Inter or anything, but Liverpool's at that level. Liverpool's showing it. Like, uh, that was a good game. Chelsea played a nice match today. Chelsea? They, they played a good game, too. They set themselves up very well. Yeah, I'm not going to hype I'm, them up either. I don't really like yeah, them. Yeah, I'm not going to hype them up too much. <laughs> also, Brendan, I don't know if I asked you this. Which team do you support if you have a specific team that you support? Um, I am actually a Spurs fan. Um, but the only reason I'm happy about Chelsea today is because the Americans scored. So I always That's get a little fair. bit hyped when I, when I see Americans score. So, yeah, I, um, but I yeah. got to agree with that. Fair enough. One of the, one of the craziest things that I saw today in the UCL, um, not, I'm not to shift y- off of Chelsea very quickly, but to shift off of Chelsea very quickly. <laughs> um, Dusan Vlahovic made his UCL debut today yeah. for Juve. Man scored 32 seconds in. I'm not sure if that's a record for the fastest goal in your UCL career, but I really think it might be. Yeah. (laughs) Like 32 seconds into your first UCL match and you find the back of the net. He's special. He's special. Yeah. He was feeling himself. Yeah. Um, Even for the rest of the match, though. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Very much so. I'm not trying to, like, poop on them too much because yep. I want Vlahovic to really pull it out in the second round. But this was underwhelming. Um, props to Villarreal. They were able to Yo, pull Carl, out the didn't draw. Didn't they beat you in the Europa League final last year? Good match. But... I expect a little bit more from you. <laughs> Any chance I get. See, <sighs> see, Carl, Carl roasts me to shit Rose. all the time off camera. And so whenever <laughs> I get a chance to do it while we're recording, I take my chance. Yeah. <laughs> 
But the funniest thing, yesterday I roast myself and I make a Southampton Man U reference and he literally is just sitting there like twiddling <laughs> his thumbs, acting like he didn't know yeah, what the hell I'm I just said. Villarreal's a good side. They're, uh, they really are. They're decent, honestly. That That's not, I mean, sure, you would have expected yeah. Man United to win last year, but Villarreal's no, no shabby opponent. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I, I was impressed by them in this match. So personally, I want to see what yep. they can do in the next one. Danny Parejo was the one who scored. And I'm annoyed he's about that, actually. God, so, I, I was in finance um, class. No, 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 hear that me out. Team really can I click. was in finance class. And he's the good. one time, not one time, but one of the few times uh, I took my eyes off the game to look at the board to see what we were talking about. I looked down and it's 1-1. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> I just missed it. So. I think before we sign off for the night, I just want to go around. Who do we think is going through from this round? And who do we think like three-ish teams who have the best chance to win? Brendan, as our guest, would you like to go first? Or Carl, do you want to go first? Or do you guys want me Um... to go first? Here, I'll go first. Okay. Cool. Brian goes next, and then Brendan can go. So I'm taking PSG out of this. PSG, I think, are going to move on. I'm taking Man City. I'm going to take Bayern. I'm taking Liverpool. Chelsea, I said Juve earlier because I had past success, and I personally like them. So Juve, um, even though I also like AC, whatever. Um Man U, I'm going to take because bias, um, only bias, and um, Ajax, I'm going to take. But three teams, I'm still going to, I'm going to be biased again and uh, throw in Bayern into the top three conversation because we know what they're capable of doing. If they end up (laughs) versing Chelsea, Chelsea already lost, so it's like... We'll we'll see what happens. There there's a lot that can happen, and also um, yes. Bayern. I'm pretty sure we're away in this match, so when they're playing at the Alliance Arena, uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little different. So, um, but that that's number one. Yeah, PSG yeah. has to be number so, two. And Man City in terms has of who I think's going three. through, I mean, if Sporting somehow turn it around against City, it will be the biggest upset I have ever seen. So City's going through. I think PSG holds on against Madrid. I agree. I think yeah. I think that late equalizer for Bayern eliminated Salzburg. I think they had some momentum, and when you give up a late equalizer like that at yeah. home, they're, I feel like they might get steamrolled in the next match. I think Liverpool go through. I think Chelsea go through. If Juve don't, get their shit together for the next match. I really think Villarreal goes through like straight up. I want it. I, yeah, I definitely McKinney's out too. Carl, you might be a little surprised with this. I think man, you take out Atletico. They're both struggling a little bit and you have the X factor in the champions league. That is true. We do have then, Ronaldo, but like, I don't know if Ronaldo's going to try yeah. to be like too personal and be like, I'm super Ronaldo. And then I'll be like, damn it. He's so, a little and then my old three to do sides, that, but he's not um, because he's Ronaldo. 
I mean, obviously, <sighs> I guess it's my one side because it's it's Man City and PSG who we're thinking about. Although, if Real end up flipping it and beating PSG, I think they're one of the three. I just think whoever comes out of that tie is one of the three. Then City, and then I gotta I gotta go with Liverpool. Just I, I do. I mean, the way they're playing in the league right now, the way that they're they played against Inter, the way they defended, the way they just like took their chances and executed. I mean, it is really in this tournament. It's luck of the draw. I used to think, I used to think that winning the Champions League was the most difficult thing That's to amazing. do. I now think it's winning your domestic league. There's a lot of luck that goes into the Champions League in terms of who you draw, who whatever, who this, who that. Winning your domestic league is, you know what your competition is. They know what their competition is. It's a lot more games. There's less chances for a one-off. Like, I don't think City beats Sporting 5-0 every time, but I do think City would beat them twice every time. But yeah, so my my three are Liverpool, City, and whichever whoever comes out of the PSG Real side or tie. But I'm going with PSG. Fair enough. I think yeah, City's definitely moving on. Um, Chelsea's moving on. Liverpool moves on. I think PSG moves on as well. Uh, especially as you kind of see, Neymar seems to be getting a little bit back to healthy so that could be an interesting element to add into that um equation for psg moving forward uh i i kind of agree with you i think villarreal has a chance to take that one probably go ajax and then yeah as you mentioned with Bayern, i think salzburg going into the second leg having a one nil victory under their belt it it now just completely changes i think the way that they have to go in and and play this game and and it just it just seems like it'll be too much to try and take down a juggernaut like Bayern Munich. Um, and then Manu Atletico is the one where I just I don't really know to be honest. I think I'll I think I'll go Manchester United because they do have Ronaldo and they and it seems like when they when they turn up and they want to play they can they can play with the best. Um, but interestingly enough, it seems like there could be a chance with no Spanish teams move on to the next round, which I don't think that's ever happened or at yeah, least hasn't would, happened in, in quite some time. That'd be crazy. Like straight up. Yeah. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Hopefully Villarreal can move on. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, it, 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 is, it is still a, a weird bit. thing to not see Barcelona in a group like this. I'm oh, not it's so, lie. it is so weird. I do <laughs> think they'll be back. I oh, think yeah. sooner rather than later, but yeah, it is weird seeing the Champions League knockouts without them. And it was even weirder waking up on Thursday morning last week and like turning on the TV and being like, oh my God, Barcelona are playing in the Europa League right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's wild. (laughs) Um, If I have to pick my three, I think... PSG and City are probably my two favorites. Obviously, as you mentioned, luck of the draw is huge with this, so I'm sure in me saying that, they'll get paired up in the next round. Um, And if I had to (laughs) go for a third one, I'd say probably either Liverpool 
or Bayern. Um, Bayern yeah. just kind of like, I don't know, they, they scare me in a way. I haven't followed them as closely this year. Obviously, they're at the top of the Bundesliga, but they seem to just sometimes have days where they just don't show up. Yeah. Like, like they should really have they should have handedly up. took care of Salzburg. Yep. Um, yep. You know, there's just the odd days where they'll just get like pumped by a Bayern Leverkusen, and, and you're just like, what's going on? Um, so that's my only concern with them. And as I mentioned before, I think yep. Liverpool just has it with the front three. Like you could in any game, like they have a chance to beat anybody on any given day. So, and it's no longer just the front three of Mane, Mo, and Bobby, like. Jota's deadly. I know it's only been a few matches, but oh my God, Luis Diaz. Oh my so God. Yeah. He's so good. Well, well I'll have yeah, more to talk good. about him as we progress through just the season and whatever and what I think is going to happen because I truly think he's... I think he's the replacement for Mane. He doesn't stay like, as Straight up, as I think he he's the replacement uh, for Mane. As a Man U fan. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, because I love Mane, but I'm not liking that. Everything must come to an end. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that might be all we got. Brennan, you got anything else you want to say before we uh wrap things up? No, I think uh I think we covered pretty much all of it. Um Yeah, that was good stuff. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on. Um and it was great. We'd love to continue yeah, to collaborate and stuff as everything goes on, you. you know. Um good luck with your show, good luck with your coaching, good luck with your playing. I wish I was still playing, honestly. Um and we'll never talk. too late to get back into it. I'm a keeper with a formerly torn left labrum in my shoulder. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I play club baseball now, I and I, I I'm destroying the, the right shoulder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I just want to thank everybody else out there. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week with more of our standard kind of episode, but I do want to do these kind of guest episodes more often because Brandon, it was fantastic to have you. Great conversation. Damn, you know ball. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, adios to everybody at home listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Hope you guys have a good one. Peace.